Hi, darling. I'm so glad to have the second episode with you. For the ones who haven't heard our first talk show, which I highly recommend for everyone to go and listen because it was very juicy. It was very, fun. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> valuable information there. Yeah. We went deep. We did. Mm. But uh, can you please tell, introduce yourself? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, my name is Jeanette and I'm from the States, living in Estonia, Tallinn. And I currently am the editor-in-chief for Mind Valley Meditations. And that is um, going wonderful. Meditations are awesome. Mm. <laughs> and so is Mind Valley. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've got going on at the moment. But are you meditating? Not like religiously, but yeah, I, I meditate frequently for, for many years in different ways. Like there's so many different styles. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But how come you ended up on Mind Valley and on a meditation side? Yeah. Well, that the whole thing with Mind Valley was just a total coincidence. I just randomly got introduced to the CEO of Mind Valley by a mutual friend. And we started talking about plant medicine and my background in psychology. And I also have a background in sales. And so mm-hmm. he just kind of found that triad to be you know, valuable for the Mind Valley community, and he invited me to apply for a job. And so, just based on everything we talked about, there was a position open for for the meditation department. And so, yeah, it just like worked itself out. Yeah, it did. I'm super glad it did because yeah. I, I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so oh, grateful too. to have met you. Friends for life. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. But uh, you you have a background in psychology as well. Yeah. But you never pursued it as a career. No, no. Um, you know, for for anybody who didn't catch the the talk show, mm-hmm. basically, I just kind of mentioned how uh, I studied it in college and I had an, I have an honors degree in psychology, but I couldn't really um, compartmentalize the idea of becoming a therapist and dealing with people's darkest traumas. And I think a big part of that, which I didn't realize at the time, was that I hadn't worked through any of my own stuff. And um, so so I just kind of like put it to the side. But my interest and passion was was deeply in the ma- in the subject matter. So I kept studying and just, you know, going to all kinds of retreats and mindfulness stuff and taking courses and reading the books and, and doing all of that. And most recently, um, becoming a certified coach. Yes, congrats. Thank I'm so you. proud of you. I Thank think it suits you. you so well. So well. Thank you. It means a lot coming from you, Coach Lacey. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> well, change the world one person at a time. I hope so. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the plan. So today's topic is um, toxic positivity. Uh, how do you see it? What is toxic positivity? Yeah, it's an interesting term because, I mean, who doesn't like positivity, right? Who doesn't like rainbows and, and, and beauty and all that stuff? But I... I don't know. I think social media and the rise of it has has kind of given a different life to just how people present themselves. Right. Because, you know, seeing some things in person, like if you run into a friend or even if you call them, sometimes it's really hard to miss like something's going on or, you know, um, just every moment of every day is in a moment you would like for people to see you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so social media just allows you to present like how, whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know, it could even be a completely Photoshop photo of, of yourself in some beautiful place. And, you know, I've posted a lot of beautiful traveling pictures. I've, I've, I'm not like a big food poster. I have posted food before. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, it's mostly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a few sprinkles of, of vulnerability in there where I'm really sharing some some tough things, but I've really struggled with that. 
because I, I want to be positive. I want to uplift. But I found that when I've shared some of those difficult things where I learned something through making a mistake or suffering or through loss or something, that a lot of people just related and it was really helpful. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, I'm like, I don't want to complain and I don't want to, you know, seem like a Debbie Downer or something like that. But meanwhile, people are going through the same thing and they feel like heard and and, and seen and they can kind of somewhat talk about it or read about it a little bit and and it's a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a healthy amount of just like realism is good, but but there's just so much like, you know, be happy and just be positive and and that does work a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it can work. Like if you're going to do a performance and you're nervous cuz you're going to sing in front of the whole school, you know, you could be like, "Oh my god, I'm going to suck." Or you could be positive, right? And just mm-hmm. be like, "I'm going to rock this." Like in that case, that that makes a lot of sense. But if you have somebody who's depressed or you have somebody who's grieving or suffering an addiction or having a tough time getting out of an abusive relationship or whatever, you can't just say to somebody, be positive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually insulting and and um, can, can really um, anger some people because they don't feel seen Mm -hmm. or heard and and basically when you're just telling somebody to to be positive you're ignoring the feelings that are trying to come up in that person and you know we talked about the shadow last week too Mm -hmm. um the shadow side which is a carl jung concept and basically it's just those sides of yourself that you don't post on social media or, or show everybody your insecurities and all that stuff and um I think a big part of what we're all trying to achieve through our evolution and our personal growth, whether we call it this or not, is like the integration of our shadow and our light. And then once that happens, there's like a freedom and a peace. And so I I really appreciate and respect a lot of the people who are keeping it real online, those like influencers and all those people who are who are real and who are sharing real things like those moms who, um, you know, they, they used to be, or they are fitness models and then they have a baby and they're showing like Mm. their mangled belly and how big they are. And they're just like, this is where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. I'm, I I have my baby. And of course some people shame them and most people are like, you're amazing. You look beautiful and everything. So that's like keeping it real, right? Not just you know, coming back six months later with that fitness body mm-hmm. and posting it and then making other moms feel like a piece of shit mm-hmm. because they're still fat, you know, and, and you're supposed to, and then you're giving them the standard that they're supposed to somehow mm-hmm. c- compare themselves to even if it's subconsciously. So I think toxic positivity, is it, it only applies into situations where you're not really hearing what the person is saying, which is sometimes the only thing somebody wants. Mm-hmm. Because saying like be positive or have you tried this or you know don't think about it that way or don't complain so much or, or the, the sun always rises whatever it's like you know it's dismissive and mm-hmm. it's also kind of minimizing of what the person's trying to say and maybe that's not even what it's about you know and so my suggestion would be instead of saying be positive just say you know um, how does that make you feel or I hear you. Mm -hmm. or man that sounds really tough Mm -hmm. I'm here for you or if I were in your shoes I would feel the same way 
You know, it's just like more of an acknowledgement versus mm. like, oh, man, don't let it get to you. Come on. It was just your boss having a bad day, and, mm. you know, calling you a bitch. Yes. Yeah, so super important. But you're what you're saying now, those examples are so good because we as humans, I, I think I'm guilty of it. I, yeah, I think too, I've done sure. it like so many times in my life, actually. Yeah. And it, it comes from a good place because mm-hmm. I want someone dear to me to feel better right so i'm not doing it consciously at all i I, it just comes like without thinking it's Mm -hmm. like don't worry it's gonna be better yeah it it really comes from a loving place but it's absolutely not what they need at that time Mm -hmm. but i feel that there's very subtle line actually to to understand when is the right moment to to let's say be a bit more uplifting or to give them this acknowledgement of I understand you I know what you're going through or I hear you I'm here for you if you need me Mm -hmm. what do you need yeah like it's how how do you think it's it's we can make the difference yeah I mean I think it depends on a few things like what is your relationship to this person right like if it's your really good friend and you Um, want to really truly be there for them and invest time and energy in them then you could sit down with them and say you know I really hear you I want you to know that you can talk to me if if you want to get some things out or just you know vent or or whatever like I'm here for you if it's someone you work with and it's kind of uncomfortable and they're just like complaining to you you can just say you know I'm really sorry you're going through that that must be really tough Mm -hmm. and I feel for you so you're not like inviting them necessarily into a deeper conversation, but you're still acknowledging them. You're mm-hmm. not like, ah, chin up. You'll find another husband, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> when somebody's going through a divorce, that's that's pretty insensitive. So I think at any level of closeness or relationship, you can still honor the acknowledgement in certain situations. But mm-hmm. again, if somebody if somebody's uh, clothes got covered in, in mud, and the, their day is ruined. It's it's totally fine to say it's not. A, it's it's okay. You know, mm. you you still look great. It kind of looks like you bought the pants that way, <laughs> or you know, make mm. a joke, lighten it up, and just it, it's it's not like oh, you have to go up to them and put your hand on your heart. Oh, your pants are dirty. That must be really challenging for you. How does it make <laughs> <Yeah>. you feel? <laughs> you know, so it's really just about like reading the room and the context mm-hmm. um, of the situation, but just kind of having the awareness that toxic positivity exists mm-hmm. and just to be really sensitive around bigger issues, divorce, grief, addiction, depression, mm-hmm. loss of job, anything that can be like really hurtful to someone's identity, you know, loss of a position, loss of a job or um, sickness. You know, if somebody's sick and dying of cancer, don't say be positive. You know, that's that's actually a really harmful thing to say to, mm-hmm. to some people in those situations. Some of them are very strong and those things don't bother them and they're used to hearing it. Mm-hmm. But it can really bring somebody down when they're already sick and they're not feeling heard and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's super interesting. First of all, I want to come back to what you said, the acknowledgement part. Because actually, I think it's pretty true that first step should be acknowledgement. It doesn't matter even like if it's a big thing or a, or a small thing. Mm-hmm. If someone even tells you about the, the example you brought up about the pants, yeah. you can still acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I see. It. Yeah. I don't know, it must be uncomfortable, but like, yeah. you know, it's not a big deal. Or right. I don't know, if you want, let's go home and change the pants, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it's still acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. There's this this aspect of, yes, yeah. I hear you. 
Yeah. I think it's super important. Yeah. But on the other side, I've been to some of the conferences. I, I'm very bad at remembering names now. Yeah. But, Me too. But <laughs> I see you bringing <laughs> up the Carl Jung and you're, you're, you're good with names much better no, than I, I am. <laughs> but it's, uh, there, it's, it's a tricky place, I find, like, because there's so much research done on, on being sick and like can- cancer patients mm-hmm. where it's actually suggested for them to keep their minds positive because yeah. that's what th- there's even cases of recoveries yeah and, and it's very much thanks to the positive mindset yeah instead of being in a negative and almost thinking that my life is over it's like yeah. we have such a big power I, I think I think that's why we have this controversy of uh, of uh, positive thinking and mm-hmm. and what, what it really is because at some points it's really necessary in life and yeah. it can actually take us forward yeah and absolutely. even like cure from illnesses if otherwise yeah. we would just stay there and mm-hmm. like bring upon the worst on ourselves yeah yeah the the effects of positivity especially when someone is sick or depressed is is physically measurable i mean it's it's so powerful and there and there are ways to um achieve to help people to feel more positive but you know to say to say to someone uh, like say for example there's an anorexic and you just look at her and you say love yourself mm. you know what I mean it's like you're right she should love herself but mm-hmm. she doesn't know how and there's a lot of other things involved so I think you know instead of saying to someone be positive if someone says oh my god you know I hate my life, you know, fi- you can find a way to help them maybe reframe that or rephrase that or try to focus on some things you know that they like and say, you know what, this day does suck. But just like, isn't there one thing that happened today that made you smile or isn't, is mm-hmm. it like just kind of trying to reframe either a thought into a positive thing? Like, for example, you know, um, I'm a loser. You could reframe it into, I am doing the best that I can and I've accomplished a lot of things. I'm not exactly where I want to go, but I'm on my way and I'm taking steps and mm-hmm. I'm doing the best that I can. So it's just like, it's it's an exercise of like reframing and that helps you be more positive, you mm-hmm. know? Meditating helps you be more positive and um, there's a lot of things that help you be more positive and I think it's more helpful to learn or do or teach or suggest or help people guide them through that than to you know, state the obvious and say, like, be positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it normally doesn't work. Yeah. Either. And I think the line might also be that one thing is when you are like suppressing the reality or ignoring the what's going on inside you for real. Like, I think that that's this toxic positivity if you're yeah. talking about personal level it's because yeah. you see people out there and they're like always super happy always yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to be like super chilled always making jokes mm-hmm. like it's a it's a first thing that you can see that actually like what i heard once my meditation teacher taught me that if you see someone extremely positive you can be sure that there's the same amount of sadness mm-hmm. inside of them yeah. And I find it to be so true, at yeah. least on my own experiences with people. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a protection mechanism. And this means that you're actually ignoring or you don't want to face your emotions. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about this uh, sicknesses or illnesses, one yeah. thing is like 
trying to ignore that you're sick and just mm-hmm. telling yourself I'm gonna be fine everything is okay I, I don't have the sickness it's just not there mm-hmm. or it's like I understand what's going on but mm-hmm. now I'm trying to consciously concentrate on the positive yeah I think there's a big difference or how do you yeah see it? um well I, I I kind of got got stuck on something you said earlier for a second because you were saying how you know the people like what your meditation teacher taught you mm-hmm. about how some of the more positive people have the, the equal amount yeah. of darkness and it just like came you know Robin Williams just flashed before my mm-hmm. eyes like all these people these entertainers these comedians and and mm-hmm. and um Chris Chris Farley you know the the big guy who was on Saturday Night Live who mm-hmm. gosh he was just so great and all these really epic hilarious comedians are some of the people who have the deepest darkest darkest depressions that mm-hmm. you know obviously lead to to suicide unfortunately a lot and and isn't that quite an interesting contrast mm-hmm. you know and I totally agree because this this positivity is a big protection mm-hmm. and so is humor yeah exactly. make people humor. make jokes all the time to deflect and avoid mm-hmm. um you know reaching a certain thing or mm-hmm. feeling or emotion mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but but I mean, I I have read and I have heard so much about people who a change of attitude just changes their whole life, whether they lost their legs, whether they're paralyzed. It's it's amazing how some of these people who suffer such um, life changing accidents and debilitations manage to go to the Paralympics, you know, mm-hmm. and and just like be, you know, international speakers for for inspiration and stuff like that and and so i think i think your attitude can be the difference between life and death sometimes you know mm-hmm. like a person who's equally as sick as another person but one of them is like i'm gonna fight i i know i'm healthy i'm gonna do everything i can i want to be with my friends my family and then you have someone who's just given up mm-hmm. i mean Mm-hmm. You know, I think they would have very different outcomes. Yeah, and I think maybe people are even scared because it's it's yeah, like we are discussing now. It's not that when you accept the reality and you accept the negative negative mm-hmm. emotions about yeah. some situation in your life that you're gonna be stuck there or that yeah. you're gonna stay there. It's just like if we ignore them, yeah. it's probably gonna haunt us until we do recognize them. Yeah. And, and the problem normally gets deeper mm-hmm. until you are going to face it. Like you're, yeah. you're just, your face is in the mud and you yeah. have to look at them at some yeah. point. Yeah. So it's, you, it's like those things you keep, you're carrying like bags from mm-hmm. so long ago and you're not, letting them go or looking back you're just like looking forward and just dragging these mm-hmm. things and it's getting heavier and heavier mm-hmm. yeah but what's your view on do you think it do you have any experience or do you know is it possible to come out of these dark places or situations or negative emotions by being positive you know I I can speak for myself and then one of my friends, teachers, mentors uh, who passed and his his experiences um, before before he passed. So for me, I have I have reached the pits several times in my life um, where I really was 
just kind of contemplating how am I going to exit this dimension you know I just didn't want to be on the earth anymore and I up there there you go like laughter right mm, like yeah, yeah you were exactly. talking earlier yeah. that's, that's funny <laughs> right yeah suicide it's hilarious and so mm. um so yeah I've, I've been to places that, that's not healthy we're, we're joking <laughs> anyone who's listening <laughs> yeah that's sarcasm so mm. yeah um so yeah I I've been in those places many times and it's 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 so scary and you feel so alone and just lost and hopeless and I think that in my more recent history since I've been working a lot more on myself and my personal growth and my traumas and evolution and all of that I've acquired tools mm -hmm. and so in those moments of desperation where I was just so close you know I somehow would reach there or there would be like a light of, of, of something I've learned or some kind of tool or even the strength to just call the right person you know what I mean like one time mm -hmm. it was a call to my my coach I couldn't even call any of my friends because I just for lots of reasons I just I know it might be hard to understand for people like why wouldn't you call your friends I do have friends that love me and that they've been there for me a lot but when you're in those really sad dark uh places it's it's there's shame and there's guilt and there's like a lot of embarrassment and so the people that are your friends don't aren't the first ones that come to your mind so I had called my coach one day when I was just in the pits and she she brought me out of it you know she didn't say be positive you have your whole life ahead of you or anything like that she said I know how you feel I've been there I, I went through this and I was on my knees and I felt like this and I thought this and blah, blah, blah. And that for me was so much more powerful than her mm. telling me people love you. You're, you're, you've, you know, like you have so much going on and, and be positive, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, in those moments and it's weird cause I'm like thinking of, you know, ending my life and I'm sitting there thinking about all the other people who are feeling this way all over the world for various reasons and thinking about the lack of resources and the, and the and the tools that they don't have they just don't have tools they don't know about shadow side or healing your trauma or 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 have anyone to talk to mm -hmm. you know there's just so many people who who just don't have any anywhere to reach for and so i think that's why a lot of times people like you and i want to get involved in this just to in, in the business of coaching is just to show people there's another way of looking at things and, and, and you know, you're not alone mm -hmm. and I hear you and I see you, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so, yeah, the other example I wanted to give you, mm -hmm. if it's okay, was um, this shaman. He didn't like to be called that, but that's, that's what he was. His name is Diego Palma. And mm -hmm. he, um, he was the, I guess, head of the Sacred Valley tribe, which is a, um, it's it's a company name. There's a website and there's also a center for um, uh, retreats, plant medicine retreats, and he's been doing it for like a couple of decades and and um, just really, really powerful man. And so he had bone cancer and then he overcame it. And then a couple of years later, it came back. And he, his, his, the last few weeks of his life were amazing because he had his hospital bed in his house 
by this beautiful window. I think they built something to mm. make it better for him. And he had this b- beautiful view of the mountains. He had friends coming over all the time, playing songs. Like he knew he was dying and there wasn't any time left. Mm. And he could have chosen to be alone and cry and just be like, I can't believe this is it or whatever that, that you know, um, not helpful self-talk is. And he just, like, literally had parties. There's pictures of him in his hospital bed with his guitar, people around him having a beer. I mean, he was literally telling everybody around him, like, I am totally good. Mm. I am perfectly at peace with everything that is happening. And that's amazing, you know. I, I, I find that really incredible because, of course, a lot of people are afraid of death, you know. Mm. But this man chose to not be afraid in the last days of his life were really joyous and surrounded by people and lots of music and love and Mm -hmm. some pisco sour and just like yeah Mm -hmm. and then he passed and yeah people cried and then they celebrated again (laughs) yeah but what i hear from you is what i get is that actually this it's still much more helpful to acknowledge the truth yeah rather than escape from it Mm -hmm. because like from my own experience as well i can say that I never managed to run or escape from my shadow side or from my depression or from Mm -hmm. my whatever negative emotions come up. I did manage in some cases for a very long time, but it it wasn't really being in touch with myself. It's like you can run. Actually, you can fake for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But the question is like, at what cost? Yeah. Because I, I feel that there's always a cost. Mm-hmm. Okay, I believe life doesn't make mistakes. So it just depends, like, how am I going to evolve? Eventually, I'm going to get there where I'm supposed to get. Yeah. But instead of taking, like, two years, five years, now just knowing that facing my negative emotions mm-hmm. or the situation that I am in and accepting the reality of it, yeah. I can change it so much faster. Yeah. Even the example you gave of the shaman... It's like it like I hear it is that he actually uh, accepted oh, yeah. his death. He didn't want treatment. He was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't like escaping the reality or being in this fake positivity like, oh, I'm not going to die. Everything yeah. is fine. I'm just going to live my life, be happy. Yeah. I think you can be in this state like celebration and mm-hmm. when you're actually accepting the hard reality that you're in. Yeah then you can change it around absolutely it was a beautiful living example of what's possible mm-hmm. like the thought of being in a in a you know hospital bed at your home surrounded by the people that you love with music and your last days of life it's it's the opposite of the thoughts of like having tubes in your body and your family's crying over you in the hospital mm-hmm. i mean it doesn't it doesn't always have to be that way and mm-hmm. what you said you know about about the process like you can keep ignoring it or looking away or distracting which i did that in for most of my 20s even mm-hmm. though i was actively working on my psychology degree i was absolutely like not working on myself mm-hmm. i was just learning and learning and learning and learning but not doing the work mm-hmm. for me you know and and so what you said about you know, it could be two years, it could be five years, it's up to you how much you want to look away until you're ready to face it. And it's like, yeah, how many years, how many failed relationships, how many, you know, not just romantic, but like friendships also, or how many Mm -hmm. times does the cycle have to repeat, right, before it's broken? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very yeah. well put because that's what I find in life. Like if you if you don't face it, if you're not yeah. accepting the truth, it it keeps on coming back. It's yeah. gonna chase you yeah. until you 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 are forced to face it. Yeah, it's like the, the, I I feel personally that there's no escape. Mm-hmm. It's always the fast way is facing the reality. Yeah, going through it. Yeah, 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 going through it. But what are your examples from your own life? You said that in your 20s you were escaping like can you give some concrete example yeah I mean I I worked as a model for most of my 20s and I I I studied I went to college and I was a good student and I was a good worker but outside of that all of my time was partying like I mean lots of alcohol lots of drugs and um it was it was for various reasons it was it was to numb the pain it was to avoid facing what i needed to face it was also seeking something higher a different feeling you know mm-hmm. wanting to like feel something more or different so it's not just one thing there were many reasons depending on you know but ultimately it was to not face my my shit in 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 some way so i say that mm-hmm. with the, the bad drugs, I guess you could say, like the, the darker drugs, you know, mm. in the clubs and stuff. I think in, in, in the alcohol t- to that amount that was present in my, my earlier 20s, um, that was just literally not wanting to be present, doing everything I could possibly do at any moment to not be present in any moment that I could. Mm. You know, when I'm at school, I can be present at school and focused on that. When I'm at work, I can focus on work. And then the rest of the time, it's like, let's go, you mm. know. And later, it somehow evolved, just like with my personality, you know, from the seeds of my curiosity of psychology and evolution into um, more psychedelic drugs. I didn't even realize when I started doing mushrooms that it was that it was a sacred plant, that mm-hmm. it had all of these healing properties, that it was uh an ancient plant you know and and here i am thinking this is just like something that grows on cows that people in the you know cow poop that people in the u.s just do to get messed up Mm. and so it just started kind of like affecting me in in that way and then the plant medicine started pulling me towards them and away from the darker like lower vibe drugs which i don't do anymore um but yeah the the plant medicines the things that elevate your vibration that come from nature and um, you know, DMT related and things like that. I, I am not against at all. But I think it's important to realize the intention because you can still use those things mm-hmm. um, to to not face, you know, certain things. It's a lot harder because they're going to take you a certain place and that is it. You know, you can black out. You can wind up in the hospital with ecstasy or cocaine or, or alcohol or all these other drugs that are in letter forms, you know, GHB and whatever. Those things are just horrible in mm-hmm. in all ways and have mm-hmm. no benefit whatsoever and they're dangerous and the plant medicines that come from nature that come from ancient cultures and and from all over the world mm-hmm. you know what i mean that have been kind of like i don't know i can't think of a better word bastardized just like abused and used um have have more of a benefit so that's just one example of how i avoided heavily as much as i could like intentionally but yeah there there were so many important points that uh, came out from your talk one of them is that actually we do tend to escape even like you said you were a very good student and you were very you had a decent job and you were working and people often don't realize that even those things can be an escape yes 
it's it's a very easy way to escape your reality yeah it's great that you brought that up yeah a hundred percent i mean we all know a workaholic don't we Mm -hmm. someone who just cannot stop Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i don't know how far you can take your education you can go to phd i think that's a great accomplishment but it can also be just a complete distraction Mm -hmm. and you know once you get your phd i don't know how old you have to be for that i don't have a phd but if Mm -hmm. you're like you know 40 or 45 or whatever um it's gonna come Mm-hmm. When you're done with your PhD, whatever it is or that you you've can been go avoiding. to study something else, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you can take another profession. Five That's PhD. always yeah. 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 <laughs> you can take another bachelor and you're another right. one. You're and right. It never one. ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can escape. Like I, I've seen people, yeah. they just find another subject that they yeah. would like to like to learn, or change the job, or work mm-hmm. harder, or open another business. Yeah. Because it's it's an easy way out. But in a way, if we are comparing clearly studies work versus alcohol or drugs it's yeah. a, it's better escape definitely but it's it's still an escape though yeah it, yeah. it can be it doesn't have to like clearly yeah. we need to work and study it's all healthy yeah. but it depends you have to just introspect and see what yeah. why are you doing it like mm-hmm. why do you stay those long hours mm-hmm. is it really necessary or are you trying to escape something yeah but when when you were in your 20s like were you aware of it or you were doing it just to survive um, I don't think I was aware of it no yeah I really don't think so I I mean there were times in my 20s where I had seen um, therapists and stuff like that just just to try to kind of just you know 20s is a long time mm-hmm. a decades is hard to pinpoint certain things but visited certain therapists and thing and things have have come up um, to bring this to light but it's yeah, I mean, when you're when you're just constantly in that state of like no mind mm-hmm. and and no connection, you're not you're not really like processing and and thinking, I guess, mm-hmm. too much. And yeah, that's why it's so important to stay occupied all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That that that's very good. If you're point. avoiding, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are avoiding, but I think that's that's the first step, maybe even mm-hmm. like, because I think a lot of us are in the system like so we we don't even take the time to know or understand that there's something negative inside of us that needs to be addressed yeah like that we are escaping like how can you change your life if you don't even have this awareness like first thing is to slow down to allow yourself those moments alone where this Mm -hmm. comes on the surface because otherwise it, it stays not in your mm-hmm. in your conscious consciousness yeah you're you're absolutely right and i think that works for a lot of people um i do think that that can be also really scary for some people you know mm. and just can't handle it and that's why i think it's it's so helpful to have support mm-hmm. whether it's your family or your your friends if your family is the problem or if your friends are the problem or if both of those are a problem then a coach or mm-hmm. you know a mental health counselor a therapist um just anybody who who can help guide you know and that's that was really really helpful for me several times Mm -hmm. to deal and to manage not to mention the the knowledge that I gained about you know psychology in school and so um yeah it's it you know I, I haven't really suffered um sexual abuse for example so you know I can't speak from personal experience but I would say if someone 
has experienced sexual abuse and that's something that's really, really messing with them and they're just not being able to properly function or face anything, you know, I wouldn't say to them like, you know, you should just sit there and meditate and and just be with yourself in your silence and your feelings. I would suggest like do that with someone who can help hold space for you mm. and guide you because it is really difficult and scary. Mm-hmm. So, but in general, day to day, what 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 I feel like you're saying is to take the time to have literal quiet and peace whenever you can. Like instead of just waking up in the morning, going to brush your teeth, going to coming home, doing this for the kids, and going to bed. Like finding a space somewhere where there can be nothing Mm -hmm. whether it's meditating in the morning whether it's going for a walk and not even like listening to a podcast Mm -hmm. when you're walking which sounds really productive right like i like i like productivity but but there's got to be some time for nothing for your brain to process Mm -hmm. other than whatever is going on in your brain Mm -hmm. or your heart or your feelings you know not not just your brain yeah because otherwise you can't connect to yourself I I don't think we can like I I find at least from my own experience and for other people's as well it's like the you can get in touch with yourself only when you take those silent moments yeah. otherwise you you can't you can't understand what's going on inside of you yeah you you can't be in touch with that yeah yeah those silent moments are tough sometimes <laughs> I know yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah. about you know and I've had some silent moments like where I just you know I'm at, I'm at home and I'm like all right, I really want to do something right now. It's either like get a glass of wine or put on the Netflix or read a book. And then I'm like, I know what I need to do. I need to Mm. go into my meditation room and I need to sit and I need to cry. And I just, that's what I need to do, you know? And Mm -hmm. I'll I'll just go in there and I'll just sit and I'll just like let it out, you know? And and crying sounds unpleasant. And for some people it's like, I'm not going to go sit in a fucking room and cry. But Mm. I literally moved the energy in that moment of what Mm. wanted to come through me. And and that has like a a, a relief, a release, an effect, Mm. you know? It's like, because if I just go and drink more wine, which I've done many times, Mm. you know, it's it's not moving energy. Yeah, and nothing is going to change. You you still, there comes a time when you have to face your sadness. But it's, it's, yeah, it's so important that you said that, like, taking this time. And I believe that being able to feel those negative emotions, I don't want to say negative. I just want to make clear here that they are actually not negative. Mm -hmm. Somehow this word negative sounds negative. (laughs) But actually those emotions are not negative. Anger, sadness, they all have their place. They are actually necessary. They are friends. Emotions, I think, are are like biggest friends yeah. for understand. They're here. There are guides. They're yeah. letting us know what's going on, yeah. and like being at the place where you allow yourself to feel those emotions. It needs strength. I think only like strong people can can f- sit in their emotions and feel them. Yeah, because a lot of people, there's this wrong perception of. Or I'm weak, I don't want to cry because mm-hmm. then I'm weak or yeah. it's a weakness. And I I'm see like, what you're saying. No, it's not a weakness. Yeah. It, it's actually a strength. And, I, yeah. if, if you can tolerate those emotions, mm-hmm. it means that you're a fucking strong person. Yeah. yeah. It's courageous to face these courageous. emotions. Yeah. They're scary. Yeah. Like I remember when I 
first did ayahuasca, the thing that was the scariest to me, and I've heard so many people say this, it's a common human thing, is I'm afraid to face my darkness. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to face my demons. I don't know what's in there. I don't know what I've been hiding. I don't know what I've been repressing. And the thought of what could come out is terrifying, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, so many people, um, you know, 90-year-olds, literally 14-year-olds, I've seen pregnant women, I they're so brave and they go and they do these ceremonies and they sit in this darkness and they cry and they purge. And and I'm just like, I'm, you know, I was almost 30 and there, you know, Mm. this 90 year old lady walks in with a cane. She's not scared. Mm. She's not scared, you know? And so, um, obviously she's probably done more work than, (laughs) than, than me, but yeah. Or she might be scared. You just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. She looked like a badass, but I could have just been judging her by her badass. (laughs) vibe I guess Um, but yeah you know the thing is that like it does take courage to face Mm -hmm. your emotions and I think a lot of people mostly men not all men but people who have a fear of like losing control Mm -hmm. it's like you know if I let this thing out I'm just gonna cry and you know it's it's also a weakness to fear of losing control because losing control is surrendering Mm -hmm. which means you're you're trusting, mm-hmm. you know, and and the fact the people who don't want to surrender, I mean, it comes from somewhere. They've been they've experienced something that has made them not mm-hmm. want to lose control, mm-hmm. you know. And those are all things that come up, of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does take courage to face your emotions, and I think it is strong and courageous and authentic to cry, mm-hmm. especially when men need to do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's great that a lot of men are just being more in touch with their emotions lately. Um, so yeah it's a beautiful thing i totally i I like the word courageous maybe Mm -hmm. even more but i just want to say here like i know very well that those coping mechanisms we need them at some point in life we need them especially if you're kids and we have not been taught how to handle those emotions like then this having control or using humor as a protection mechanism or as a survival instinct it's totally fine like that's what life is about you know we, mm-hmm. we are evolving and then we start growing and then we start unlayering yeah. everything that has been caused to us right but um, the, I believe like when I started to, to work on my emotions like we have to take very small steps yeah because it is scary mm-hmm. it is scary and like if, if you let everything like I, I think if people are listening to our podcast right now it's not like we are saying like go and sit there with all your emotions yeah. like the the point that you were also saying before that i i believe is so true to have help like to, to do it with a therapist mm-hmm. to have a mentor and not wanting to i don't know be perfect Mm -hmm. suddenly like i want to feel emotions and then i want to feel emotions bum next day i'm gonna be angry sad frustrated everything all at once like there's this little steps because i was suppressing emotions for so long for so long for like yeah for so long when i was 25 my my friends saw me cry and they were like shocked they were like yeah they were like i never seen you cry what has happened but i started doing the work consciously i was like okay i'm done suppressing my emotions like i really need to get in touch now because i was deeply depressed at that point and i was like the happiest person in the room always no one had any clue well that's how you presented but you weren't really is what you're saying exactly Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly like no one knew everybody thought i'm fine i'm happy yeah. i'm bubble but i was super depressed yeah. 
And uh, then I was like, that that's what pushed me to start doing the work and facing yeah. my emotions. But I had to do it slowly because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't have handled them. Yeah. Like if, if we have been suppressing the emotions, we have to take very little steps, I believe. Definitely. And like, like you said before, I think it's super helpful to have help yeah. and support. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's... it's uh like anything else, right? Going to the gym. I mean, you could you could go to the gym for three hours your, for one day, mm. you know, and you're just basically not going to be able to walk or go to the bathroom <laughs> for a week, but you're not going to get yeah. the body that you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, school. I mean, everything everything takes time. If, if you, everything that you want to accomplish, it has a series of steps. And in the event of our um, of our healing and our trauma and the work that we that we want to do to live a better life to be better at life it's going through layers and layers and layers and layers and it's mm-hmm. like you've gone through three and you discover there's several more ahead and mm-hmm. it's just like you know you you find out more things and sometimes you have more questions and um, it is it is a process I mean mm-hmm. I've been I would say on a pretty serious steady path of self-evolution and plant medicine for like nine years Mm -hmm. and I am still in it Mm -hmm. I mean I have accomplished so much and I'm like night and day compared Mm -hmm. to someone that I was 10 years ago people would probably be like WTF (laughs) Um, but I have a ways to go and I'm fine with that I don't think Mm -hmm. I'll ever reach this place where I want to go but Mm -hmm. it's just bettering myself doing the best that I can you know, I mean, for example, I used to be a very violent person. I mean, I didn't talk about this in the talk show, did I? Well, I know this about you, so I'm not sure if we talked about it. Okay. But, uh, Please will keep us in check. <laughs> but yeah, I used to fight all the time, basically. And that's because mm-hmm. I grew up with violence in my home when I was little. And so uh, I was violent at, when I got big. And I was I was violent until I was like 29. I mean, bar fights, like full on, you know, high heels, little dress, like model, mm. like punching people. I mean, it just, we don't have to go into what I did, but it was, it was <laughs> maybe we should. It it's was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty messed up. Not saying they didn't deserve it, but violence isn't the answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the answer. But I used to be violent all the time and it was just somehow something clicked for me where I let go of something that had to do with anger, rage, and protection in my inner Mm. child and all that stuff. And I just haven't even been close to being in any kind of physical altercation in so many years. So Mm. how does it go that something happens literally every month, sometimes multiple times a month for at least like 15 years, and then all of a sudden it just isn't in my existence anymore? And that's like what happens when people are alcoholics and then they're sober, for example, like complete black and white change. Yeah, but I bet, honey, that it's a lot of work. It doesn't happen overnight. No. Like, uh, uh, how was your journey with it? Like, uh, can you describe it a little bit? Like, when did you become aware of it? Was Mm -hmm. it conscious? How did it change? The violence? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I felt completely justified you know because uh it mostly occurred in like bars Mm -hmm. where you know men were drunk and they get handsy Mm -hmm. touchy and I was also drinking and very protective of myself and my friends Mm -hmm. and um 
overly protective, like compensating for the lack of protection that I received as a child, you know? And so I felt very justified. And in some cases, I literally was saving friends Mm -hmm. for being taken by some guy um, because she was, you know, too drunk or something. But yeah, I just, I, I didn't see it as a, as a problem, but then I, I realized, you know, somebody could get hurt. I could get hurt. I could really hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, just because some guy was trying to touch my friend, I don't want him to get, you know, pushed in front of a car and get run over mm-hmm. or something like that. So, um, just, yeah, it, it, I didn't work on stopping being violent. I didn't attend anger management courses. Mm. I never got arrested. I was never in any kind of legal or any kind of trouble because of those mm-hmm. fights. But I worked on my anger, my rage. And as a result of that, it's like violence just left the room. It was like, I don't have mm. a place anymore here. She's not, she's not angry enough for me, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. so it, it wasn't, it, I don't even have to work on it. Like, you know how with alcohol and substances, like it's something that you work on every mm-hmm. day, even if it's mm-hmm. been 20 years, like this isn't something, I mean, it's not similar, of course, but this isn't something that I need to work mm-hmm. on. It's just gone. But what do you think, why did you have so much anger? Like was anger your way of protecting yourself? Well, a- anger is a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. So anger is always in front of sadness or fear right and so I had both major sadness and major fear Mm. but I was taught anger as a child because that's all Mm. I ever knew and so you know I would ask my mom god bless her she's so nice now Mm. (laughs) but I would ask her a simple question she'd be like you know get out of here you know or I'm busy or just like yell at me so angrily or Mm. or just hit me you know and so um that was the language that i learned mm. and my grandfather was also violent but he only used the belt which i know that still sounds mean but it's it's a lot nicer to mm. use a belt than to like beat up a kid so um i had to unlearn this mm. i had to deprogram this like this is a language that is used sometimes and can be effective in some ways but there are other ways you know There are so many other ways. And so I started, I just started working on, on, on that aspect of it, I guess, you know, just, yeah, undoing that deep, deep, deep neural pathway that had been there for mm. so long. That took a lot of time. But do you think there is place for anger, though? Oh, Absolutely. When do you think it's absolutely? I mean, so many places. Like if if you're in danger, you know, or if somebody's um, I don't know stolen from you, or if somebody's uh, um, if somebody you love is in danger, or if there's like a serious injustice, mm-hmm. you know, I think anger has a very very important place. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's mm-hmm. it's misused. I'm probably one of the greatest misusers <laughs> in history of anger, but you know, historically not anymore. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's got its place mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think it depends. I, again, I totally agree. Like anger is also very helpful emotion to us. It shows us a lot, yeah. and it has its place. But yeah, the question is how do we behave on it? Yeah, and like sometimes you know, as parents and as you were describing your childhood that's not the place mm-hmm. like that's not how you should treat the kid mm-hmm. like that that's you can't justify that yeah it's like you can be angry but you have to let it out in another way yeah not 
towards your kids. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel for my mom. I mean, she was so young. She had me when she was 19 and mm. she was a child herself and yeah. her pa- her dad was so violent with her. So she learned it and she passed mm. it on. You know, and this is like kind of the thing I'm talking about breaking the cycle, mm-hmm. right? Like if I were to have kids, am I going to continue this cycle, this mm-hmm. intergenerational cycle, or am I going to break these generational chains and then free the future lineage you know, from from this and free the pet, the ancestors too. While mm. you're doing that, you know, and just just stop that by doing the the work. And so that's pretty much the goal. I don't I don't want to repeat these cycles. Mm-hmm. So I don't have kids now, so I still have time to make sure that I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so proud of you, girl. Thank you. I don't think I would ever lay a hand on on my kid if I had it, mm. unless it like was running into traffic or something. <laughs> I might want to scare it a little bit, so I might spank it so that they will never run into traffic again. But that that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a small yeah. one. But uh, how do you feel about? Uh, let's try to go back to the social media. Do you believe that it's, you know? what I'm trying to say here is that we all kind of not all but we're using social media today as a platform for growing our business growing the awareness do you feel it's a place to show your negative emotions or or show behind the curtains let's say like or it's you use it as a mean to I don't know advertise yourself to motivate people to to inspire people like what's your opinion on it yeah so regarding social media it's it's tricky I suppose you know if you have a personal account or a business account and whether you're a child or an adult so like if you're an adult and you have a business account like what is your what is your message for your company right if 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 you're like um yeah if if you have a business for coaching for example Mm -hmm. It would be helpful to share some authentic, real emotions or experiences that you or if you can anonymously share from your clients, that would would help. You know, I, I lost my 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 best friend and I feel so destroyed and blah, blah, blah. That's really that's really, really deeply sad. Mm-hmm. But other people lose people, too. And they might be feeling the way you feel in that moment. And they can see that you're authentic and you're not this like fairy mm-hmm. who's perfect all the time you know and so I think in that case it makes a lot of sense right so Mm -hmm. in the context of the company message I think there are a lot of companies or businesses that it would be very strange if they were sharing some of those personal things Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah depending on the message now if it's a personal account I think that you can basically do whatever you want but there are people who just constantly complain and Mm. there are people who just are constantly positive and that's it you know Mm. and I just I don't know I'm not really like a huge fan of either of those I guess um but if somebody's really personal and they don't want to share anything they don't have to share anything Mm -hmm. so if that's the the reason why they're just like I don't need people to know my business I have this other kind of business and I don't need a lot of my work people are on my what social media and I don't want them to know that I'm going through a divorce or whatever Mm -hmm. um you know that's that's everyone's personal decision but when you're purposely trying to like misrepresent yourself and with withhold the authentic you and what you're really going through and feeling it's also okay but I just don't think it's 
as helpful as it would be if people would just kind of be a little bit more real. You don't have to like sob on camera like, mm. uh, but you can just, you know, every now and then like express something that's really real for you mm. that you would like to release. And sometimes sharing on social media can be a form of like catharsis. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel seen. I mean, think about it. People are seeing your thing. We just want to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. If somebody's like, I'm so sorry for your loss, sending you lots of love hasn't changed anything but it might make the person feel better to be acknowledged and seen mm. and I'm going through the same thing you're going through you know stuff like that so yeah that's so true I want to emphasize the fact that I'm being more active now recently on social media as well and I belong to some of the communities as well and it's so helpful the more people comment the more people send messages it's it can be so therapeutic it has its like healing yeah. quality to it. Yeah, we, we shouldn't be afraid. But I, yeah, I, I think it, it's fear. Actually, it's a fear of judgment. I Definitely. think I, I was super scared actually for a very long time. I because it has been my dream to mm -hmm. to be a coach and help people for yeah. as long as I can remember. I'm doing it just now when I'm yeah. 34, you know, and I think I am doing it now because I ha finally have the self-confidence. I yeah. know I, I can hold myself mm -hmm. because I feel fulfilled. Yes. I feel whole, like yes. nothing can break me, even if <laughs> those negative <laughs> yeah, comments are there, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm good with myself because I accept mm -hmm. myself and I accept all the emotions mm -hmm. and the bad days and the good days. Yeah. But what you said is super important. But I, I want to emphasize another thing that actually what we want to say here is that it's not so important even what's happening on a social media because I feel a lot of people are talking about it and they're putting a lot of emphasis on it like yeah, yeah but it's affecting people and yeah. if you're like positive uh, how will other people feel yeah. but I believe it's everyone's own responsibility yeah. Yeah. as long as in your own personal life yeah you are authentic yeah. and you do allow yourself to yeah. have the bad days, the mm -hmm. good days, the negative emotions, then you're good. Yeah. Then it's your decision if you decide to share what you share or what you don't share. It's just, yeah, like you said, it can be a helpful, helpful means. I, I totally agree. Yeah. But, but what's more important is how you are as a person in your own everyday life. Yeah. I believe. Definitely. I agree. And, and the light that the positivity brings on social media is really good. Like if you look at a lot of the biggest pages it's about positivity and positive quotes and stuff like people want that you know mm -hmm. people people need that mm -hmm. and so I think it is great to post a lot of positive things you know mm -hmm. for sure um, and and some pages are dedicated to pure positivity mm -hmm. and that's just their message mm -hmm. you know so in that sense they're being real you know maybe mm -hmm. maybe they don't post anything that is uh, dark or, or negative you mm -hmm. know and that's great that's just their their message and mm -hmm. um, a lot of people probably go there every day to read that positive message because they need it or they read mm -hmm. your messages on on Facebook to see like not only your amazing beautiful face and photos but Thanks, the huh? incredibly profound meaningful relatable helpful uh, words on various topics that mm -hmm. could affect various people in the moment they need it mm. you know and that's the magic of it mm -hmm. yeah I think the beauty of it is I totally agree that we as people, we should just choose what we need because mm -hmm. 
for me, there's days when I need this inspiration, positivity, yeah. motivation, then I have the certain accounts that I visit. Then there's other days where I actually need much more support or yeah. even I need, like we discussed before, to, to see other people's experiences about depression, for example, or about anxiety, mm -hmm. for example. I don't need this positivity right now, but I'm responsible for the information that I go and seek in a social media. Like, what yeah. is it that I need yeah. in this moment? Yeah, mm. that is that is beautiful. I mean, even with music, you know, I don't know how how you do sometimes, but sometimes I want to listen to meditation music and sometimes I want to listen to like, I don't know, Deftones or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I just allow that <laughs> to come tones, out. like the expression. Yeah. Yeah. I have this kind of like dark. Well, I have a couple of dark playlists. One is mm -hmm. for dark, for dancing and the other one is just for like when I just feel like I want to, I don't know, rage, you know, and I just mm -hmm. want to like allow it the space. Okay. I see what's happening. I'm going to put this music on and just be in this for a little bit and, and, and it'll pass. Mm -hmm. But what you were saying earlier about the fear of judgment it's so real and it's so big and mm -hmm. it's not just in the way that people see you um physically it's in the way that people perceive your status or you know what are my friends from high school or college gonna think or my friends back home and you know so many people think I have this amazing life what if they really knew you mm -hmm. know just just lots of a lot of different things and fears that that come to mind and that's just there. Mm -hmm. That's just there. Sometimes it's going to get you so much. And sometimes it's good intuition because I used to overpost in my 20s. Like, mm. girl, stop posting so much <laughs> personal stuff, especially mm. regarding breakups. And, you know, mm. like, I can't believe I trusted this guy. Mm. You know, his name is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just like ladies oh my god that's so interesting I would, I would have loved to know that Janet oh man <laughs> she, she had her obnoxious moments for sure but yeah that's definitely oversharing there mm. is definitely an oversharing mm -hmm. happening so so anyway the fear is there sometimes to tell us don't post this this is this is personal nobody needs to know about this right mm -hmm. there are those those things of course and we all know what those things are. I mean, I don't even need to go through the list. You you read on someone's Facebook and you're like, why why are they sharing that? Why are they posting that? Or somebody, for example, who has a new boyfriend every month, you know, and it's like, I'm in love. My heart's broken. I'm in love. My heart, like, that's their real experience that they might be feeling. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah, so, so it's, the, it's, sometimes the fear is more like intuition and sometimes it's just there to show us that this is, some there's something there and maybe if we can be courageous and vulnerable enough to open up to our friends on social media you know to, to share this on a wider scale and just like let people know that they're not alone you know mm -hmm. but yeah. i would say that even this type of sharing if it helps them go for it <laughs> like yeah. seriously yeah. if this is something that makes you feel better do it do it post thousand baby pictures every day exactly puppy pictures food pictures <laughs> just do it i mean the truth is everyone's page is everyone's page and if someone yeah. doesn't like it they can go mm -hmm. right yeah, that's, that's the bottom line yeah 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 well on a big picture yes of course we want to get to the better place and at some point you have to ask yourself like why am i doing this like yeah. is this helpful but if mm -hmm. it is then yeah you know just do you mm-hmm 
Yeah. Probably it was helpful for you then also when you were posting about your breakups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what though? I think it was because I wasn't properly processing my emotions mm. in like a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like you know drinking and ranting on Facebook Mm. instead of actually sitting with my emotions and talking to somebody um, who could help me Mm -hmm. understand and move past instead of just literally venting because I think Mm. that's what it was more like it was like venting on Mm. Facebook Mm -hmm. which I think is different than sharing a vulnerable or you know experience or Mm. lesson or something definitely but I think that's that's what you knew back then you know yeah yeah you were doing I was good at it yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's good but that's very good because in psychology it's you know the worst case is always when we're suppressing and when the the most dangerous place is when we are not showing anything when we stay isolated so like it's always one step ahead if you're at least (laughs) venting yeah it's better than uh, getting yourself Mm -hmm. cut off from people yeah I think I think people should just decide what what they want to do with their social media like is this going to be something just for your friends where you're going to be like oh my god y'all I had this chili last night and I haven't (laughs) been able to leave the bathroom for you know like Mm. if that's the kind of thing you want to do that's great if you want to have a platform and inspire and influence people Mm -hmm. you know depending on what your message is there's ways to do that and hopefully through like authenticity whatever Mm -hmm. that means for them if they're authentically Mm -hmm. happy and positive then be be that way you know Mm -hmm. or or whatever it is and so um yeah some people just don't 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 care and that's great but some people really want to build something and really want to reach so i think the key word is their authenticity yeah like i think it's so important so important yeah you, you can be positive if if it comes from an authentic place like we are not here trying to tell people don't be positive definitely like clearly not, yeah. you can yeah and if and you should ha- yeah and yeah. should yeah, yeah definitely especially like if, if it is authentic yeah like you should share it because another thing that i was thinking for myself for example is that at some point i was scared of showing my positive emotions I didn't feel comfortable. I felt like people are going to judge me for mm-hmm. being happy or I'm, I'm, I'm too happy. And like, for example, I love, I don't know if you know this about me, if we've been driving together, but I love to listen to very loud music when I'm driving. I think the whole street can hear me. <laughs> and and I'm I'm just so much enjoying it. It's like my thing. I put the music loud and I'm I'm singing and I'm dancing and at some point I'm like oh my god I have uh, had situations where cars next to me they're like looking me with mean eyes oh. and yeah and then I'm like mm-hmm, I should put the music down yeah. that's not okay but now I'm at the place I'm like fuck it I don't care yeah. because I'm having a great day yes. and I'm allowing and I'm like uh, exaggerating this energy i don't have to be mad or Mm -hmm. sad because you are going through a bad day you know right this is my day and i'm allowed to feel this good emotions right yeah and i I feel that we shouldn't be ashamed of being positive either definitely not Mm -hmm. especially if it's authentic yeah (laughs) you know like if you are really that's how that's that's just who someone is that's that's great you know i i think positivity is such a powerful tool and if we can just learn how to access it, like through the various tools to access it, like cognitive behavioral therapy books out there, working with coaches and um, just reframing perspectives. And there's like so, so many ways to be positive. I think that 
it has such a profound effect on the way we view life and the decisions that we make and the relationships that we have. And Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, anyways, I I believe it's so important to allow all the emotions not to be, you know, ashamed of whatever emotions like the most important thing like we discussed is actually being authentic Mm -hmm. and this uh, because we as humans we somehow want to compare ourselves to other people we compare ourselves to these social media accounts it's the quickest way to I don't know low self-esteem definitely yeah yeah and this this pressure of that we put on ourselves I want to be perfect I want to be like her I want to be like this I want to own those businesses I'm doing so bad yeah like that should you should just let it go and and really really just be who you are like take time to know who you are everything is fine we all have Mm -hmm. bad days right and good days and just celebrate all of it yeah Definitely. I mean, it's it's the little things, the little celebrations, you know, the little moments that sometimes are like the most profound and meaningful for mm-hmm. us, like a little gesture, you know, maybe that somebody does, for example, can mean more than than, um, uh, you know, some big elaborate gift or something, mm-hmm. you know, so I think it's it's really just about like being the best that you can be. It's so hard not to compare. I've done mm-hmm. it so many times. Yeah, me too. And it, not only in, in physical body, but mm-hmm. like career status or mm-hmm. relationship status or travel destinations. There's always like, oh man, you know, I'm I'm not there, you know? And it's, it's just um, comparison is, oof, it's like a bad seed, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I think one of the ways to kind of help change your perspective. So when I've felt bad about myself for some reason, you know, comparing myself to other people, if I choose to look at what I've accomplished and the great things that I've done in my life, I can shift my attitude. Mm. But if I keep going down that cycle and just like, just keep going versus stop myself, pull myself out and then say, wait a second, you know, I've accomplished a lot of things and, you know, I've I've got a healthy body and, okay, maybe I'm not married, but I've had a lot of really great experiences with some wonderful men and, you know, um, things like that. And, and in The Four Agreements, which is a book by Don Miguel Ruiz, he, um, he talks about four things. One of them is um, mean what you say, like communication. Your word is is everything it's so powerful don't misuse your voice don't mm. don't just say i love you you know for example mm. or don't say hurtful things i mean he, he explains it so much better it's been years since i read that the second agreement is don't take things personally this is such an important book i think mm-hmm. every human should read the third one is don't make assumptions and the fourth one is um do the best that you can mm. and he says you know even in a moment where if the best thing that you can do is put on your gym clothes and you didn't even go to the gym mm. that's the best you can do at least you put your gym clothes on you haven't put your gym clothes on in so long mm-hmm. you know or, or at least you woke up this morning and you didn't stay in bed for an hour you only stayed in bed for a half hour looking at 
things that make you feel bad about yourself, you know? Yeah. So like, it's, it's just the little things. If running a marathon is the best you can do, then do the best you can do. Mm. And that's different for every person. And that's why it's so dangerous to compare ourselves to other people, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's so profound. I want to read that book now. It's amazing. Please read yeah. it. It's, it's an easy read. It's, it's a small book. I think it would take a few hours. But yeah, the four things you mentioned, they're just yeah. like game changers. All of Unbelievable. them. Unbelievable. Yeah. Changed my life. Really, mm. that book changed my life. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, the last point that you mentioned that we are discussing here, so important. Yeah. Like, always just do the best you can. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it's, it is like you said, even like, you know, uh, training for five minutes. Mm-hmm this will already change your life like what stops us as humans is that we think we should be something or i should be training for one hour i should Mm -hmm. be running for 20 minutes even though i have never run before yeah no you don't you don't and you don't even have to be a runner if you don't like running like find something that Mm -hmm. you are enjoying right yeah it's like there's so much pressure that Mm -hmm. I have to do this so this is so popular now everyone says that this is so healthy right now I have to do it even though I don't feel like it one bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) we don't we're we're like so so uh, unique that it's just so important to really know yourself and what's good for you Mm -hmm. just take this one little step at the time celebrate the little things and have compassion on your beautiful self Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes I'm so saying important. that to myself too. Yeah. I am not, you know, I don't do anything perfectly at mm-hmm. all. So yeah, I'm yeah. still learning mm-hmm. every day. Neither do I. Yeah. That, it's a journey. Yeah. I want to learn with you. Yes, <laughs> we learn together. Yes. Um, but is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Mm. At the moment, just gratitude mm. and just do the best that you can yeah be authentic and to support your friends who may need your support just listen just hear them acknowledge them and that's it that's enough Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. well thank you love for being here i had an amazing hour i i so much appreciate your time and for you coming and sharing your wisdom with us thank you so much for having me i love you and lise and uh I just love what you're doing and the message that you're putting out there and the various topics that you're broaching and it's so beautiful. Thank you for doing this work and thank you for being a light. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening.